Proverbs talks about one thing to do is seek wisdom above all things. Mm-hmm. And we know that knowledge is everywhere. People can get knowledge on the internet. They get knowledge through broadcast, through podcasts, etc. But the correct use of knowledge is the preeminent thing. And the correct use of knowledge is wisdom. And the incorrect use of knowledge, well, it's foolishness. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original Uncloseted Conservative. My ears are a little bit weird, so forgive me. There we go. There we go. Uh, Guys, we've got an awesome show for you today. But before we get to that, today's show is presented by Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack. Guys, Z-Stack, you know, I've been promoting this and it's too promote your immune system. If you don't believe in supplementation, you really ought to look into it. Uh, I've used a variety of supplements for a good long while. My wife uses a variety of supplements and we are both in good health. It's not just anecdotal. There are millions of people all over the world and especially throughout the United States that use supplements as part of their daily routine, as part of their normal diet. Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack are some of the best supplements available. They're kosher, they're GMP certified, they're made right here in the USA. You're not going to have to deal with supply chain nonsense or wondering what weird chemicals or byproducts or just crap that China puts in. Uh, you know, None of that stuff is in here. You're not going to have to worry about it. Uh, go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack. Make sure you use promo code Mobley at checkout. Again, the website is thejoemobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack, promo code Mobley to get the very best savings. So uh, our guest is not able to join us today. Uh, we were going to be talking with Dr. Mark Sherwood. We will be sure to reschedule him, uh, Dr. Mark, and get him uh, back on the book so we can uh, talk about what he's got going on uh, out there in Oklahoma. Uh, awesome, awesome place. I, I think he's out of Tulsa, if I remember correctly. Uh, but we are going to press forward with some of those very same topics. We're going to be talking about the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Injustice, uh, the Department of Injustice as well. What's going on with them? Uh, guys, political prisoners within the United States, you know who I'm talking about. There are several uh, at this point, not just the January 6th crowd. Uh, and uh, last but not least, da, 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 da. Uh, we're not going to be talking about the Marxist revolution on our shores. We're going to sh- uh, save that for Dr. Mark. Uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, just kind of the state of the union and what's going on here. Guys, all that and more. And it all starts right now.
All right. So uh, very first thing, so many topics. I know time is going to fly by, so let's just get it in here. And I will talk while I add this video because it, it needs to make its way in sources. And it's that one. Perfect. Uh, guys, things are... Things are exceedingly bad when we when we talk about the FBI, uh, when we talk about the state of federal law enforcement, when we talk about the state of uh, the whatever you want to call them, the administration, the ruling class, the regime, any of those uh, words would be appropriate. Uh, not not fear mongering, but today's modern left is radicalized. It's fair to say radical left, and it's also fair to say that they rule in the way that is tantamount to a regime. Um, where where the goal, the stated goal is very clearly authoritarianism, uh, totalitarianism, subtle nuanced differences there. Uh, but but that's the goal. That's the stated goal. It's on World Economic Forum's website. Uh, and you you can see through the messaging that this call for they they use words like unity and our democracy, but it's a call for globalism. It's a call for a one world government, which has never worked. Um, and it never will work. You know, the, the people tried, tried that one time, uh, to gather forces and to, and to physically get closer to God and to go up into the heavens. Um, and they had the tower of Babel experience. Now that's not going to happen to us. It's already happened. The language has already been confused. And, uh, now, even if you are a, an English speaker speaking with another English speaker, the language is still somehow confused. There isn't a lot of agreement about what the meanings of words are right now. Um, I was in a breakfast meeting this morning and uh, the lady's speaking and she says, well, you know, we have to agree on a common language. When you go in to do consultation for a company, uh, whatever change you're trying to make seated, if you're doing conflict resolution, you know, if you've ever done marriage counseling, if you've ever done any type of counseling with another person, uh, you know that clarifying terms, defining terms, kind of making sure everyone's on the same page is step one. Uh, and she said, you know, we've got to agree that X is X and Y is Y. And I kind of laughed to myself because right now there is widespread disagreement about those very letters about XX and XY. Um, so the, the language has definitely become confused. It's not something that we can rely on in a useful way, in a way that is productive for us to continue our civilization moving forward. Not just America, but just for the goodness, for the, for the good health of the human race moving forward in history, globalism is not good for that. It, it is not going to work out uh, the way that people think it's going to work out. It's not going to work out the way that AOC thinks it's going to work out. It's going to work out how Chaz Chop worked out. And you'll remember that group of actual terrorists, that group of actual insurrectionists who occupied sovereign territory within the United States and claimed it for their own, uh, where there was no rule of law, where there was temporarily anarchy within a United States state within a city, uh, not to pull a Kamala Harris, but, you know, Chaz Chop was inside a city and a city is inside a state and the state is inside the borders, borders in name only, that make up the United States that makes that an actual insurrection. 
you, you can't, we didn't cede it. So they took it over by force. And what happened there is exactly what will happen if the globalists have their way. Stated goal by 2030. If the globalists have their way, then a warlord will crop up, just like happened in under 24 hours in Chaz Chop. They didn't during the summer of love, they didn't make it 24 hours before someone had decreed themselves ruler over their their little you know city blocks that they took over. Um, so as we stand guard against that, a big part of it is calling things what they are. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, what is it? Uh, faith, infidelity, or uh, fidelity, well, what is, whatever their thing is, integrity, whatever it is, they're not doing it at all. The things that it says on their badge, kind of the, the motto of, of the Bureau, that is... That's the motto and name only. That's not the reality of the FBI uh, right now. The actual reality of the FBI is, you know, in, in military circles, we have that saying many people are very familiar with. You're familiar with it from, from Hollywood and from television, uh, loss of confidence. Usually uh, it'll have some officer getting relieved of command and they'll say this person is losing command because of a loss of confidence. Um, this is what happened to Lieutenant Colonel uh, uh, Scheller in the United States Marine Corps because he dared to make a video questioning the integrity of the military leaders and what was being said in the drawdown and the pullout from Afghanistan. Um, you know, he, he's just saying, ah, th this doesn't, this seems to contradict all of my military training experience, all of the doctrine. Uh, that we use to educate young warriors and to familiarize them with the principles of warfare and how to wage war, how to fight and win, you know, that that mission, he's a Marine, but the mission of the army to fight and win the nation's wars. That's it. Not to hand out water bottles. Humanitarian efforts are great. Not to do X, Y, or Z. The mission of the military is to fight and win the nation's wars. That's what the military is supposed to do. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, he was the only one to question it. They relieved him for a loss of confidence. I think that was one of the more recent famous loss of confidence uh, uh, reliefs of command. It's an interesting phraseology. It presupposes that confidence was once bestowed or confidence was placed in that authority when authority was bestowed upon them. Um, it, so there, there's kind of a little bit of an inference there, uh, which is fair. And when we think about federal law enforcement, these are some of the government employees, like many government employees, um, of which I used to be one, uh, that swears an oath, you know, and that swears an oath to the Constitution to protect it, to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, to protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Those types of people. I just got a text from the library. I hope that means that my, yeah, my book that I checked out is ready. All right, this is what happens when you don't put your phone on Do Not Disturb during a broadcast. Um, more and more FBI employees, what we would call the rank and file, uh, people all throughout the agency, not, not those SESs, probably not GS-15s as well, um, but the rank and file, there, there are lots of grumblings about Director Christopher Ray. Reportedly, he's said to have lost control of the agency. He doesn't know what he's doing. 
Um, and some 20 agents have gone on the record as whistleblowers, which means officially, unofficially, have gone on the record as whistleblowers um, to say that he needs to step down and resign. We're hearing it all over the place. You, you can't even, here, let's throw this up there. You can't turn on the news uh, without hearing something about the Department of Justice, the FBI, or Director Christopher Wray himself. Chris Wray, all over the news, regular congressional senatorial committees, um, regular hearing or committees, regular hearings, uh, being called to the carpet to explain things. The fact of the matter is, not just the American people have lost confidence in this man and largely in the FBI, but the actual FBI themselves have lost confidence in Director Ray, uh, which is interesting. Um, it's, it's a little bit dangerous. I, for one, am definitely concerned as, as we start to think about him stepping down or resigning, as we start to think about him being fired and replaced, Obviously, the concern is, you know, former Vice President Joe Biden gets to replace him. And we, we get another Katanji Brown-Jackson style, you know, job posting, which is completely anti-Civil Rights Act, where we're hiring based on sex, based on religion, based on gender, uh, based on sexual orientation, where we're hiring based on all of these things that are supposed to be you know, non-starters when it comes to HR practice. Unless your name is Joe Biden, you can do whatever you want. You can eliminate um, all, you know, brown people if they're not the right brown, if they're not a black woman, if they are, uh, if they're an Asian woman, a Pacific Islander, if they're uh, Hispanic, not, none of those count. If they're, uh, you know, India for, uh, Indian from India, none of that brown counts. Got to be a black, you know, woman. Uh, except for the CIA. He did bring in an old white guy for the CIA. I thought that was kind of interesting because the CIA had been led by a woman before. Um, so that was definitely interesting. But I digress. Uh, while these whistleblowers are coming out, and this is why I wanted to show you guys this, so let's make this big again. While these whistleblowers are coming out, an interesting thing is happening. That's also a sign of a steady march towards leftism. That's also a sign of authoritarianism. That interesting thing uh, that's come out is A.G. Garland has been secretly trying to silence and bully people out of public, making public statements, people, particularly Department of Justice uh, officials. And, you know, uh, the Washington Times here has got uh, Senator Chuck Grassley kind of calling him out on this calling, you know, A.G. Garland out on his attempts to silence DOJ employees uh, with a memo that he released. I think it was just last month he released the memo uh, that they reported here says, threatened to chill and undermine the importance of whistleblower protections. Um, and that's uh, here. Let's find it here so you can see it. Yeah, right here. That's exactly right. So Senator Chuck Grassley turned up the heat on Attorney General Merrick Garland for prohibiting Justice Department of employees from communicating with members of Congress amid a flood of FBI whistleblower complaints to lawmakers. Now, to be clear, this isn't, uh, uh, what's his name? You know, B 
big bad bad guy that everyone uh intelligence hates now um style they made a movie about him snowden this this isn't an ed snowden style whistleblowing releasing documents straight to the internet um going wide with the press this is fbi agents and employees you know doj officials reaching out to Congress, reaching out to the lawmakers that already, you know, have clearances, many of them are doing all kinds of unsavory things, insider trading, uh, sleeping with Chinese spies, you know, none of that's a problem. But A.G. Garland takes issue with an FBI agent reaching out to a senator to tell them about some of the unsavory things privately that are going on within the agency, within the bureau. That doesn't make any sense. It it's bullying. It's bullying. It's using the weight of his office and his title uh, to to pressure them with fear into being silent. That that's exactly what it is. Uh, now Grassley wrote a letter last week to to AG Garland saying, under your leadership, the department. And FBI have failed to be responsive to congressional oversight requests. Accordingly, it is often only because of whistleblowers that Congress and the American people are apprised of the type of wrongdoing that your memo seeks to protect against. Grassley freaking nailed it. Let me highlight that part so you can see it. I got the the other part highlighted. Um, Yeah, but Chuck Grassley nails it here. He's saying the only reason that you and I know about the crazy and inappropriate stuff going on in the Department of Justice and in the FBI is because of these whistleblowers. It, it's that death by a thousand cuts, that that slow bleed out. Basically, what, what they tried to do to Donald Trump, if you think about it, um, and what they did do to Donald Trump in a lot of ways, uh, constantly, constantly going up. Um, against him. Now, he was standing for individual freedom, smaller government, limited government, uh, less regulation. So basically, for you to do more of what you wanted to do, for you to be empowered to make decisions for yourself, your family, your life, and steward over it as you see fit, that was Donald Trump's cause. The FBI's cause, the Department of Justice's cause, is to shrink the individual into nothing and to put the government boot on the neck of each individual on such a large scale that it's on the neck of states, of regions, and of the entire country. That's what Merrick Garland's Department of Injustice is trying to do. And Grassley's calling him out here saying the only reason that we, Congress, even knows about it, but more so than that, the American people who we're supposed to be accountable to, the only reason that they know of any of this wrongdoing is because of whistleblowers and you're sending out memos trying to intimidate people, you know, out of that right. It's absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. He reminds Garland, uh, you know, it says, as you're aware, the Department of FBI has a reputation of retaliating against whistleblowers uh, that provide information to Congress, which is basically that that's against the law, which he, he reminds him of that as well. Um, this is stuff that he knows, okay? Yeah. Merrick Garland is a seasoned attorney. 
He's not an idiot. He has an intimate knowledge of the law. He has a very intimate knowledge of criminal law and that Title 18, you know, uh, the, the criminal code, the United States Code, uh, which are the Title 18 laws. None of this stuff is new. There's nothing in there that he's, oh, you know, I haven't heard of this. I hadn't considered that. He knows what he's doing is wrong. He knows it. That's that's the part that's extremely uh, concerning to me. That is the part that is extremely concerning to me. Um, so basically, to, to put a fine point on it and to just remind people uh, of where I'm at with the whole thing, just in case you're wondering, I am beyond thinking that the Bureau can be reformed or any of these other agencies. I, I think that they need to be done away with. We have a tremendous problem with this administrative executive state, and these agencies were born out of the executive, and they need a strong executive who's going to do the hard thing, the wildly unpopular thing, the Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing, while everyone bows down and worships that big daddy government altar. Just one, per we don't even need three guys in this instance. Just one person needs to say, no, this is pernicious. We're doing away with it. We're getting rid of the IRS. We're getting rid of this agency, that agency. These are executive agencies. They basically, they serve at the pleasure of the executive. They were born out of executive order, funded by Congress, and now they're just here with us, and they've added unto themselves tremendously. They've added unto themselves so tremendously where the IRS, which is initially supposed to be an auditing agency, has somehow transitioned from an auditing agency to a federal law enforcement agency, hiring 87,000 new 1811 series federal agents, just like FBI, DEA, ATF, just like all of those nonsense agencies, but that type of that type of official. And we we can't have it. It needs to, in my opinion, my Joe Mobley opinion, it needs to be undone. The administrative agencies, executive agencies, whatever you call them, they need to be tremendously scaled back. Some of them seriously need to be taken off of the table and their budget needs to be reallocated. It's not like we have, say, uh, a few dozen trillions of dollars of debt. Um, so it's not like that's the situation. All right. So, you know, we've got someone who might share some of these opinions, uh, definitely is going to share his thoughts on the FBI. It looks like he's able to make it. Uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood is in the house. Let me, let me, uh-oh, where is it? There we go. Let me go back up here. Da, 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 da. Uh, still promoting ZStack. Go and buy from them. DJMobileShow.com slash ZStack, promo code Mobley. All right. So we've got Dr. Mark Sherwood. He is the former Oklahoma gubernatorial candidate, I believe this last go around. Uh, so very recently, he's also a former SWAT officer. And I never say this word right, naturopathic doctor. Maybe I said it right. I don't know. It's a coin toss. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about the FBI, which I call the Federal Bureau of Injustice or the Department of Injustice. Uh, and I'm interested to hear his thoughts as well on what many describe as the Marxist revolution that's happening uh, right here on our shores. Dr. Mark, how are you? I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me back, man. It's good to see you. And you did well on the pronunciation. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. 
I just forgot one thing. Oh, it's not in. It's not on the banner. Uh, but the website is here. I've got it up here. The website is da 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 Sherwood TV. Uh, there you it's go. Sher- Sherwood. It's Sherwood. TV, absolutely. Yeah, Sherwood.tv. Guys, go and check it out. You can learn about um, uh, Dr. and Dr. Sherwood's uh, <laughs> practice and what they've got going on here. Um, lots of, uh, what's the word? I just said the word. Nah, things for ailments, things that you need to stay healthy. Uh, so make sure that you go and check that out. Um, you know, sign up. Uh, for their email list. You can also get to all of Dr. Mark's social media right there. Mm-hmm. It's right there. You just have to click it. And it's right below our talking heads right now. It's it's right here. Let's let's make it <laughs> let's make it as big as we can for you guys. It's right there. You just have to if you're watching on a smartphone, you literally just touch it with your finger. Um, <laughs> all right. So Dr. Mark, how is it out in Oklahoma? Uh, it's, it's going well. We're getting some a little bit of cooler weather now for a change, so that's good. And uh, people are active, and uh, conservatism is still trying to fight the good fight. <laughs> Which is funny, because many people see it as a foregone conclusion. It's Oklahoma. Of course it's deep red. I've got friends, uh, friends that I consider family in southwestern Oklahoma and Duncan and Lawton, um, uh, I guess up to the city and into Tulsa. Yeah. Um, that are routinely having the fight against uh, the mayors, the councils, oh, yeah. the school boards. It, it's not, guys, it's a full, that's why I say the Marxist revolution. It is a full court spread, like, or full court press, rather, full court spread. Goodness gracious. Um, and and they, they take it seriously. Well, they do, Joe. And even in Oklahoma, we tend to look at it as a deep red state. But man, if you look at the major cities like Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Edmond, and those in Oklahoma would know those cities well, um, they are really quite blue, quite liberal. And so and people that understand elections and the way our country and uh, states are ran is the major populous locations tend to control the rural population because of population density and power of vote, power of money, et cetera, like that. So rural America is having to fight like the Dickens to maintain their freedom and not get sucked into that, again, you noted appropriately, I like your term, Marxist revolution. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Marxist revolutions, uh, I'm not affiliated with him at all. We're in totally different universes. I'd love to be in his universe, uh, but uh, um, the great one, Mark Levin, he writes about this very thing. Highly encourage and recommend people uh, to get his book and check it out. Um, so we're we're kind of squished for time. We got about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, first half of the show, we were talking about two things that I know that you certainly have opinions on. One, there's a complete and utter lack of confidence in Christopher Ray, not just from the public, not just from us for pundits or, you know, anyone who's not fired from CNN, but from the actual agents and employees of the Bureau itself. Um, so we talked about that a bit. And then, of course, obviously, A.G. Garland's bullying technique, which uh, Senator um, Grassley has called him out on, saying, hey, you, you can't order people not to be whistleblowers like you're, you're trying to do this bad stuff and then you're ordering people not to tell on you. 
Um, but we could go down either one of those uh, paths. Well, I certainly have experience in both as a former law enforcement officer for 24 years, um, SWAT officer for 10, and I actually worked internal affairs, Joe, for three years. So I, I do have I people that. that I actually worked with that are now members of the FBI. And so I can tell you firsthand, you know, I've, I've written affidavits for search warrants. You know, I've applied for and gotten search warrants. I've got them signed. I've executed search warrants. Um, local and state, federal level. And so with that said, you know, I've got a lot of experience in, in, in what that means. But with the point about Director Christopher Ray, uh, any leader that's put in charge of an organization should at least have experience within the organization. I feel strongly about that. So an example, when you get leaders that are put in positions they're not suited to be leaders in, you get the ability to be corrupted and guided by the system that is. And the system that is, is not, it's not effective right now, Joe. It's, it's not used appropriately. And it doesn't have any confidence to the public. And from a former law enforcement officer, I can tell you that that's a sad day in, our America, in America when you don't trust law enforcement because we need them. They should be the heroes. Remember growing up, we wanted to be a police officer, a firefighter. That was a dream, right? And now you're seeing them be vilified. And to me, that's very sad. Now, with that said, any leader that's worth their salt, that has any substance, that has any character, they should want, Joe, they should want whistleblowers, or they should want their internal, their, their rank and file to come forth with problems that they see so that you can build their credibility. That's what a leader does. A leader can't sit back and say, well, they did it. No, a leader is responsible for the whole darn thing, even if it wasn't their fault. That's good leadership. And so they should want the whistleblowers to come forward. That should happen. Now, having said that, with the bullying of whistleblowers, stop. You know, you have got no credibility to say anything, Mr. Greeley, if you haven't done law enforcement before. So if you haven't carried the badge, you haven't carried the guns, you haven't done that job, your opinion means nothing. So just don't miss a good opportunity to shut up. I know it's a strong language, but I mean it with all sincerity because it's not credible. It's like me trying to tell somebody how to play uh, the National Football League, and I could play quarterback better. No, I couldn't. I've never done that before. But as far as law enforcement, I have, and I know what it's like. A whistleblowers, Joe, coming forward, and I say this with air quotes, if indeed, because they haven't named themselves at this point, if they have credible information, if they want to help, come forward in numbers, be confident that the American public will be behind you because we all want our investigative agencies, our law enforcement agencies to be right. We want them to be righted, we want the ship to be up, you know, turned right side up again, Joe. So I, there's a lot there to unpack, but that's just my initial um, thoughts on the two uh, statements you, you made. Well, one of, one of the things, and you, you hinted on it, is the the quintessential principle of leadership and they pounded into you in the military they pounded into you in the law enforcement academy whether it, mine was central virginia criminal justice academy whether it's fletzy whatever it is you can delegate authority but not responsibility 
Come on. Christopher Ray can send authority down into the agency. Um, he can honestly say, I wasn't aware X, Y, or Z was going on because I've delegated. That can be an honest assessment, True. but he is responsible. This is where the buck stops here uh, quote comes from. Well, that comes from the president, not the FBI director, but that's what it's all about. And unfortunately, it's kind of been corrupted agencies and even departments of government and even Congress and the courts and the executive in some ways are trying to kind of throw the buck back and forth between each other and point fingers and say, oh, there's, there's nothing we can really do. We have these three systems of government with unique checks and balances, and this is how it's supposed to work. And, and I've been completely disappointed in A.J. Garland. I've been completely disappointed in Biden, but that's a whole nother hour episode. And I've been completely disappointed in Christopher Ray because of their lack of responsibility. They're, they're not holding themselves accountable in any way, shape, or form. And that's what's degrading the agencies, and that's what's degrading the public's uh, faith and trust and confidence in the agencies because they're leaderless. Yeah. I believe we're leaderless across the board in uh, in government, medicine, and even church today, unfortunately. You know, we don't have people that are willing to stand up and, and utter three powerful words. I was wrong, or I was sorry. And I'm sorry. And those are what leaders do. Leaders are subject to errors, Joe, like we all are, man. Um, I, I deal with things within my um, circle, sphere of influence that, man, maybe I wasn't aware of some things, but it's ultimately my fault. It's my responsibility. I have to own that. And, you know, I think people understand that. Uh, the, the people of America do because we're all subject to errors. We've learned from our errors of our ways and we learn from our mistakes and we hopefully adjust from those. And so I'm extremely concerned about what we've done. You've got this pointing finger stuff within our judicial, executive, legislative branches of government. And, and I'm completely um, saddened by that because that is not the foundation from which our country was formed. And yet, here we are doing bickering and politics and using the media as the main weapon to communicate whatever narrative we want. And, and Joe, they're all wrong. They're all wrong in this. Republican, Democrat, they're all off base. And they're acting nothing more than a uniparty system that's continuing to divide our country. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, so... Oh man, man, it's tough to choose what road to go down because I, I know, know right? I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to go down this one. This is probably the spicier of the two. Okay. <laughs> because you, you're you someone that you bring faith to the table in everything that you do and then how you manifest in reality as a professional, as a, as a man, just as a person. You're not divorcing the two. Uh, so I got to ask you what you think the role of the believer is in all this because you the, what sparked this is you said and unfortunately in the church when we're talking about leaderlessness uh, and you and I you know in our last interview we we spoke a lot about the not the war on masculinity how would you say it the, this problem of uh, the breakdown of the family fatherlessness and men not being men not desiring forget not being men men not desiring to be a man, let alone a righteous man, let alone a godly man. Uh, so 
So you you said the word leaders in the church. And you know, that doesn't just mean pastor. That means mentors that are in the church and and uh, good godly men and women in the church. So what do you think, just an open-ended, what do you think the role of the believer is in all of this? Well, I, 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 I've seen the um, destruction of the church with the development of the institutionalized church, which is nothing more than a 501c3 entity that's building big buildings and creating celebrity pastors that are untouchable, unteachable, and unreachable. And I mean that intentionally. And so, you know, and some of these are people that I know very well. And, and I still think the um, the mainstream institutionalized churches got in bondage with 501c3. So therefore, the government has this sort of thumb in there that doesn't allow them, based upon their choice, to teach the hard subjects and talk about the hard subjects that we're talking about right now. Uh, they don't want to touch it because it's too hot and it might cause people to pick up their toys slash ties and go home or go somewhere else. And that's not okay. The church is about people. So for those listening right now, welcome to the church. This is people, man. It's people. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of people working together as a unit, everybody acting in their own um area of gifting to accumulate good for the functionality of the body of Christ within this darkened world. Our job is to shine, shine bright. Our job is not to uh, seek out and look for darkness. Stop the nonsense and quit glorifying darkness and just be the light in yourself, right? So I look at my life, and this is a challenge for all the believers out there. Don't give credit where credit is not due by spending your time focusing on the controversies, the evil, the darkness that is. It is. I agree. Spend your time focused on elevating the ability of yourself to get out of the way and let God's light shine through you to be and do and speak light, hope, health, encouragement, empowerment to a world that needs it. Joe, I always hope every time I want to broadcast or certainly talk to you, um, I realize what my physical name is. I really do. I, I see it on the screen. It's there. But frankly, I hope people see something different in me and frankly, someone different in me, someone different, a person of Christ in me, because that's where it needs to be today. We have politicians and we have leaders that are literally not communicating what I just said because they don't want to bring offense or exclusion from anybody. That's so far ridiculous, man. Joe, in my campaign um, that you mentioned uh, recently, everywhere I went, and I was unashamed, first thing I would say at any campaign speech is, Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. doesn't mean anything about you. It was just as a proclamation of, you know, acknowledgement. Godly principles work, even for ungodly people. Our Constitution, our Constitutional Republic was based on this awareness of God, a moral compass who is God, and we see that being eroded, shaded, drifted, sliced away. Our Constitutional Republic cannot exist without the awareness of God. They, it can't work, folks. It cannot work. And so 
the church, the believer, if you want to fulfill your purpose in life and your destiny in life, be the church. We don't need to talk a bunch of nonsense. Be it. As I've said many times before, and I'll wrap up that statement with this. <laughs> we do talk a bunch of hearing, nonsense. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of hearing good <laughs> sermons. I really am. I don't want to hear a good speech anymore, man. I want to see them. I want to see them, Joe. I want to see them, live them, be them, and let the action speak. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot there. It is a lot of non. There's a lot of nonsense. It's funny. Uh, godly principles do work even for ungodly people. I tell yep. listeners of the show all the time. You guys have heard this before. I don't care what you believe in. You should be reading Proverbs, just like I Come read. On. I read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. He he was a godless man. I, well, he was a man of many gods, but yeah. not except the one true God. Uh, but I read his meditations. He's very wise. There's a lot there for me as a man, as a leader, as as someone trying to live a virtuous life. Uh, but man, Proverbs, everyone, you, you can get it outside of the Bible. You can just buy the individual Proverbs. There are many books, there are journals that have them in it, and it'll tell you. Do this and your life will be good. Yep. Do these things and your life will be a wreck. And it'll be because of you and your lack of discipline and your lack of righteous pursuits. It won't get you to the cross. It won't get you into heaven. Uh, but man, it would straighten some things out down here. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I, I'm studying the Proverbs right now, actually. And uh, even the Proverbs talks about one thing to do is Seek wisdom above all things. Mm -hmm. And we know that knowledge is everywhere. People can get knowledge on the internet. They get knowledge through broadcasts, through podcasts, etc. But the correct use of knowledge is the preeminent thing. And the correct use of knowledge is wisdom. And the incorrect use of knowledge, well, it's foolishness. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes on to tell you. I mean, without getting all the theology of, of wisdom personified and how the Trinity works, uh, but it goes on to tell you that, you know, knowledge of God is the beginning, uh, but wisdom is that that true understanding of who God is, which it's a little bit of a trick. I know. If people start reading Proverbs, they're going to start getting more curious and looking into some of the other books. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's really interesting, not... I don't want to hear another sermon. I want to see a sermon. That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, I do. Man. I mean, people today, these these politicians, these uh, leaders today, all they do is talk. I don't. They're very, I mean, they're very eloquent. You know, I got Obama are. into the White House. Yeah, man. And I'm like, look, if you're a leader, um, listen to people, listen to their concerns, and hear them, because there's healing in listening. Just FYI, you know, for them. It's got to be about them. And then, my goodness, be above reproach, man. Don't just keep doing dumb stuff. My wife has a saying, don't do dumb things. And DDDT, I think that's a pretty good statement for most people. And boy, politicians and leaders today, they just seem to not care and just do something dumb and point the finger. I'm like, stop it. You know, just own it, move on and get better. Yeah, the, the email server wasn't my fault. The sleeping yeah. with the Chinese spy wasn't my fault. Oh, uh, you know exactly. You mentioned uh, just one more thing about the church. There's a pastor friend of mine, good friend, great godly man, someone that I consider a mentor for sure. 
Um, and one, I was remarking how lucky and, and glad I was to be out of church leadership at the onset of the pandemic. I missed it by that much. I was the worship pastor at the church. We moved and and then we, my wife and I, we were just congregants. We weren't on the stage. We weren't in leadership in any capacity. And I was saying, man, I'm kind of thankful for this, you know, mm-hmm. missed it by that much. And I said, uh, at the time he was, he was traveling and he wasn't pastoring a church either. And I said, you know, what, what are your thoughts? And the, uh, the, he kind of agrees with us. Um, but he said, the, the hard place that churches find themselves in is that 501c3 designator, um, which is he described as being in the game. He said, so if you're in the game, you got to play by the rules of the game. That separation of church and state is so bastardized. It's true. It's to separate the state from interfering with the business of the church, Mm -hmm. um, which where God is the authority and, and how, the church leaders and interpret, you know, elder letter, however your church gets down, how the church leadership interprets God's word. Um, But he said, you get this, this, this letter from the IRS and now you're in the game, you're playing the game and you have to play by their rules, Uh, which one, I never considered that. And now I'm completely against it. I don't think that any church should submit itself to the authority um, of anything that it doesn't have to. Uh, And then more than that, it's such a reckless and stupid pursuit because we know the stats. The stats are the average churchgoer goes to church once or twice a month, so a quarter to half of the time. Uh, only 10% of churchgoers are tithing. Only 10%. It's interesting. It says give 10%, and we screwed it up. It's only 10% yeah. are giving. Here's the thing, guys. That 10% of people, you know, uh, Dr. Mark mentioned, you know, taking their ball and going home, only 10, that 10% of your congregants, I'm happy to be one. We, no matter what, no matter what, it's the most basic thing. God says to do this. Just, just do that. So we, we do it and we did it when it was single income with kids and I was an E5 in the army and it sucked. And then we went to the other end and we were making hundreds of thousands and, and it's still, it's like, man, it's great. We get to give this much more to the church to see, uh, to see God's goodness showered upon the community. And our church is a community oriented church and it's wonderful to see um, how they steward over those funds. But man, do you think that 10% of givers, cause only 10% of your church is given they're going to stop giving if we can't write it off on our taxes. We don't yeah, care about that. <laughs> that's a really good point, you know, and let's think about that um, from a biblical standpoint. Where's 501c3 in the Bible about a tax break? It's, it's just not there. So, you know, if people are giving because of that, you don't want that money anyway. It's, it's not a, a, a big deal. But people that give, give because they know in their heart it's what works to do, and they want to. They give it out of joy. So I'm with you totally. I do not think that the church leaders should submit themselves to government over God. And I, I do say that with all uh, caution, because when you submit yourself to government by applying for a 501c3, you're saying that I'm going to operate by your rules even if it goes against God's rules. That's what you're saying, right? So, so when they say, uh, shut the doors of your church or else. Bingo. Yeah, and we didn't have to, Joe. 
that's the thing, you know, the, the church did not have to, but because they were afraid of the man, they were afraid of the man versus having a fear of God. The fear of God is the is the knowledge. They didn't know the fear of God, which makes me concerned that our leaders may not know God. And that's a problem. And because if people are called to lead and be a pastor, be a shepherd, then okay, isn't God obligated by that call in your life to supply your needs according to his own riches and glory? I mean, I, I think so. And so we've got yeah. a little bit off. They they tell us not to cherry pick verses, and generally that's that's good. But there are some you can cherry pick, and they just work. Yeah, that's not murder. You don't need to get context from anywhere else to know what that's about. No, um, I you know we go to a different church now anyway because we moved. It wasn't a, a COVID thing. We had to flee Maryland because I got tired of getting my passport mm-hmm. stamped every time I drove you know to Virginia or wherever. Oh. Um, you know, the it's all going down and the church is like, we need to meet and consult with attorneys and leaders and blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't get it. I, I just, no, why? Why do you need to do that? The the Bible is clear. If, again, cherry picking here, but yep. for some things, it's not lacking context. It's so firm in what it says, do not forsake the gathering. There, Pretty clear. It, it that. There's nothing else there. I don't even know what comes before or after it, but do not forsake the gathering. Digital church, if you were made to do that, if you were unambulatory, you know, I I would pray that people in your community get convicted and go and have church in your home if they're able to and and bring, you know, worshipful hearts that might be be music, chanting, whatever it is, okay? Um, But digital church is supposed to be exceedingly rare. We are supposed to be a community of believers. You know, there's one thing and there are people from my church that watch this and it's fine. I, this is, this is my thing. It gets on my nerves and you guys know that I'm not shy about talking about it. Um, but the the pastor always says, I don't know if this is a COVID thing or if this predated COVID because we started going there after COVID. He always, when we bring people up to pray for them, he says, Something like, as if you could lay hands on them, reach out your arms. And it always bothers me because I can lay hands on. I can just get up and walk up Thank there you. and physically put my hands on them, which is all of the examples that the scripture gives us. Um, so again, I don't know if it's a germ thing, a COVID thing. I don't care because I submit to the authority of Christ and he right. did. He physically did this. Well, and Joe, you think about it, um, and of course being a clinician as a naturopath, um, I can tell you unequivocally that Jesus did not uh, social distance. He did <laughs> not stop laying on hands. And um, Jesus was not... leprosy. Yeah, I know. Jesus was not born with a vaccine deficiency nor a medication deficiency. So he didn't go around and say, well, I need to have drug ABC in my, in my, in my bag just in case. No. It's a whole different mindset. And so, you know, we got to get that back. You know, the mindset of a believer or general person needs to change to, to give a confidence to this thing we walk around in, this, this earth suit that's so amazingly, awesomely created. It, we, we have lost our way so bad, and it concerns me so deeply 
But I know that one person at a time, one person at a time, we can turn this thing around. I believe it. Yeah, that that's a good tangent to go down. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. I don't have it in my notes, but I'm like, man, no one is talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the elephant in the room some in a lot of churches. I uh uh yeah, yeah. Joe. And the, this is sad because um I used to um speak a lot in churches, obviously. I've been, you know, kind of the minister for 30 years, you know, right? And um it's no one wants to talk about the health of the temple. They they ignore that. And it's like pretty funny, but not funny, that we pray for people for type 2 diabetes all the time when type 2 diabetes should not exist. It's a man-made, self-created, self-created, self-chosen disease process that's created because we choose to. And yet we have it. And yet we want to pray over it, and then we want to have the buffet <laughs> afterwards. I'm just... And it'd be better to, by that. to pray for for discipline, for guidance. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, and think about it. If you look at um, the fruit of the Spirit, one of those fruits, which is part of God living in you, it's his character, not yours, is the idea of self-discipline. So if you have that, why do we ask for it if we already have it? And then why aren't we asking God to show us what we have and show us what we are instead of trying to generate on our own. It everything is kind of backwards right now. It kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Well, it's uh it's uh what is it? Hebrews, it's unpleasant. No discipline is pleasant at the time, but for those who have been trained by it, it, it brings forth a harvest of righteousness. Damn. Yeah. Uh, we, we we don't want to pray for that we should it's very interesting it's all very yeah. interesting yeah so i i encourage people um i don't don't church hop shop whatever you call it if you need to but it is important the community of believers that you surround yourself got to be legit uh and my wife there's some there's some bit of discernment in her spirit where she knows she's batting a thousand on on she's batted a thousand on church selection Mm -hmm. uh because you know we we moved around a lot so she would find some churches she'd rank them and then we would take the time to go and visit them and meet with them um and one they've got to be community oriented in two ways the first way is actually the body of believers knowing that we're supposed to be doing life together we went to this one in lynchburg many many over a decade ago and uh, no one wanted to have relationship with each other at all. We tried to have meals with people. We tried to have fellowship with people. We tried to just see people meet their needs even. And it was, I'll see you next Sunday. And it was oh. just like, that's not, I, I may have told you this before, but there's a pastor in London, Brad Hill, awesome guy. He's been a guest on the show several times. And he said, he knows that we're doing something wrong because of the language we use. He said to a gangster, if a, if someone who's in a gang went to another gang member and said, hey man, how was gang last week? They wouldn't know what the heck, they wouldn't know how to process that. What do you mean, how was gang? This is, I'm grafted in. This is That's who I good. am. This is, this is us. We we yes. can't like when I go here, I'm not out of the gang. This this is in my identity. But we, you know, how was 
the men's retreat or how was church? How was, it's not, it's a place that we go. It's not actually in us. Uh, and we, right. we have to go to churches. Uh, my family, we have to go to churches where we actually surround ourselves with the community of believers that we see and have fellowship and relationship with Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's good, Joe. And, you know, that's, that's how we get out and actually make a difference in the world. You know, you're not making a difference in the world behind those walls. You're making a difference in the world outside of those walls. And so going inside those walls, maybe if you do go once a week, is is no more, no less important than Monday through Saturday. You just got to keep it going, right? We got to keep going out there and, and be something of a difference in this crazy world that's just completely upside down right now. Yeah, that's, uh, again, I love my church there, uh, but that that's their mission. They give everyone these these cards. It's in the imagery of the church, but they, their desire is for you to know God, find freedom, discover his purpose for your life, and then make a difference in that order. Um, and it's, it's pretty that. simple. It's pretty simple, but yeah, you ought to know God, know who he is. Uh Find freedom in him, which is the only place you're going to find it. You're not going to find their 12-step programs are great. Fight the new drug, which helps people get out of pornography addiction is great. Um, uh, Whatever else you got, those programs are great, but true freedom is found in Jesus Christ alone. So know God, find freedom, discover his purpose. I realized as a child, I was not a believer and I had mapped out my life and the things I, I got saved, but I kept trying to do the plan from beforehand. And then I... I needed to connect the dots. This was my plan from when I was a kid. I need to do God's plan. Let's discover purpose and then make a difference. Uh, well, and that's what we need more in the world, don't we? I mean, that if, if we had to put one thing, one modality, one idea that we need more in the world, it's more God. You know, we need to broadcast him in the world. And when we do, not if, when we do, he's glorified. And um, when... The people are led by godly, righteous leadership. They rejoice. But when they're led by wicked people, they are in scorn. They're in great pain. And that's what we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, man, the time flies by. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, So let me just plug a few things and you can get the last word and tell us uh, and definitely tell us uh, more about Sherwood.tv. Uh, one, I'm not wearing this. It says currently wearing. I'm not wearing it. But I, I was wearing this shirt today. And then I saw <laughs> when I was uh, preparing for the show, I saw that I wore it last time we talked. So I can't wear the same shirt. So I changed. Um, but you all can get this lovely shirt. And I know what you're thinking. He doesn't deserve one star. I agree. If I gave him no stars, it looks like five stars. Okay. So you, you can't do that. It's available only at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's where you can get all of your your uncloseted conservative gear. Um, So I got to get out of here because, well, one, I need to take a little break. And then I'm going to this erased rally here in Loudoun County. So you Northern Virginia people, come out to Loudoun County. It's uh, 21,000, what is it, Education Drive? Education Court. Uh, 21000 Education Court out in Broadlands, which is like in between. It's over by Leesburg, Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, 
all of those talented and wonderful speakers that you see right there. We've got candidates from congressional candidates. Hung Cow is going to be there, who's going to be the next uh, congressman for Virginia's 10th district, Alicia Brand. Um, we got school board candidates, Ian Pryor, direct, executive director of Fight for Schools, is going to be there. It's going to be an awesome time. There's a rally happening beforehand. Uh, I'm going to say a few words, just uh, less words than I do on the podcast. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be a good time and, and a shameful time for the school board because they're still pushing woke nonsense and um, all, all that jazz. Uh, so, Dr. Mark, uh, what do you have going on? And I'll put that back up there. Boom. Well, Joe, I, I just want to tell you straight up and all the listeners to um, really show the Joe Mobley show.com much appreciation. I always look forward to being on with you. You're you do an incredible, amazing job. And and I want to encourage everybody listening right now to to go there and share that wonderful site with all that wonderful information to at least five people. So I'm challenging right now, please do that um, as a favor to me. And I know you'll be doing it as a wonderful service to Joe, but most of all, service to our country. Uh, with that said, just final quick word. I want to keep everybody super encouraged. Uh, don't lose heart, don't lose hope, and don't lose faith in the times of darkness. No matter how dark it gets, remember that any amount of light can cancel out all darkness. It's a little bit of light. It might be all you have, but that's enough to conquer all darkness. And we live in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of great trauma, a lot of unknowns, a lot of anxiety. However, one thing I do know is that in the end, good has already won. So as for me and my wife, Dr. Michelle and I, we just want you to be encouraged. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, please go to Sherwood.tv. We are able to help you, encourage you, in the ways of all things health, physically, emotionally, spiritually, anywhere in the in the country. If you need to lose a few pounds, which is super important because they're not good to carry on this temple in excess, we can help you with that. We can help you get well. So we want to be a blessing to you so that you can go bless other people. So Joe, I want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me on. It's always a, a joy man. So uh, appreciate it and always look forward to seeing you, my friend. Awesome. Same here. Uh, guys, that's it. That's the show. Uh, make sure that you join tomorrow. We've got Adam Hardage on, uh, who we were supposed to have on a little while ago, but he was sick, then I was sick, and now we are both in good health. So uh, we're going to be talking about some awesome stuff and some not-so-awesome stuff, uh, including, uh, you know, it's sad, but we have political prisoners are kind of becoming a more uh, a recurring problem here in the state. So we'll we'll close with this little clip of uh, uh, Steve Bannon's uh, words to us all, and we will catch you in the next one. For every conservative, this is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up now and kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. 
You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.